0: Broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn, you're listening to heritageradionetwork.com.
1: Right? That's pretty good. What, what is Roberta's? Uh, we, we make food. Alright. What do you do? <laughs> make radio? <laughs> Barely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: this week's episode of Mike and Judy... Sponsored. sponsors, Sponsored. Sponsored sponsor by
1: Robertas. It's, that means it's a sponsored. It's a sponsored by Robertas.
3: Hello, Mister and Mrs. America, from border to border, coast to coast, and all the ships at sea. Streaming live from the County of Kings, Brooklyn, New York City, on the Heritage Radio Network. Are you ready for the fastest half hour on the internet today? The Mike and Judy Show. Spanning the globe for high-minded hijinks and low-brow kicks to bring you the best in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and nuclear fission. They're too bad for radio and too good-looking for television. And now, here they are, to pluck the low-hanging fruit of the literati. Your hosts, Mike Edison and Judy McGuire.
1: And we're back. And, yes, I can hear myself. <laughs> hey, Mike. Happy New Year. Happy New
3: Year once again, Judy. I am so happy to be back here. I love the new sponsor drop from Roberta's. Oh, my. It Thank just you. makes me want to eat pizza. It makes me want to drop Quaaludes, <laughs> which is apparently the uh, technique used to record such a, such a fine sponsor drop. We're so fortunate to be here. Back at Roberta's in Bushwick here on the Heritage Radio Network. Looking out at live. the lovely
1: patrons of Roberta's. Um, Mike, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) we (laughs) this week's show is about gentrification and um, changing New York, and Mike and I are going to have. I just want to say a jello fight about it. Apparently, I I just
3: want to say right up front that I find that the people who are most against change are the ones who've done the least to affect it.
1: Okay, the the ones who are most against the ones who are most for rent stabilized apartments disappearing are generally those who own their own apartments or pay market rent
3: i'm not against it but i do pay market rent like most people do and yeah i mean you you have a rent stabilized place yes i do and and it's a blessing
1: it is a blessing i feel very lucky i have a cute apartment in williamsburg where i would never be able to afford to live now because the rents are like three thousand bucks a month how long have you been in williamsburg now uh like 16 years right what did it look
3: like when you moved in uh it
1: you know it wasn't it wasn't a like a dump or anything, but there was nowhere to get sushi, imagine that. Um, there was like one Thai restaurant, we used to be able to say like, oh, meet me at the new bar, because there was only like one bar opening a year, and so everyone would know. Um, but now it's like, now we just have a new bar on our corner, um, we have condos everywhere, um, people walking around with baby strollers that cost more than any car I've ever Even owned. Even the
3: strollers have strollers There's Williamsburg. There's <laughs>
1: nannies, there's, and there's gay dads, which is like the real marker of an upscale neighborhood. I wish
3: gay Dads would move Into my neighborhood. I live in the Tony little hamlet of Kipps Bay, 28th Street. Uh. Right? What do you say? Oh, you live around the fucking corner. Well, right, right? we should introduce but, our guest. But I thought um, uh, Kevin Hine, former uh, art director of Screw Magazine and famed New York historian, Kevin, you know, we live around, around the corner. I thought our neighborhood was going to turn gay. Right. And I was very excited when moved it, I moved in You were hoping for it. I was hoping for it. It's thought, just oh, frat. Oh, my God. I know. It went the, frat. The, the PFAs. Completely. The post frat assholes who I thought Gramercy would go north or Chelsea. Would come east and Murray Hill went south and right. I'm fucked. Right. Yeah, I
1: mean, but hey, you have like several choices, several dozen choices about where to watch the big game today. I know.
0: All the bars, all the great bars have giant TV screens in them mm-hmm. now. Oh, great that's, bars. That's not
1: a great bar. I no, it's not. I fucking
0: hate TVs in bars and I restaurants. Know. It's really horrible. But
1: and anyway, our other guest is Ed Hamilton, who lives at the Chelsea Hotel and has a blog about it, uh, Living with Legends. And you can find that at legends.typepad.com. And he wrote a book called Legends of the Chelsea Hotel. Welcome to our show, Ed. Thanks, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> now, you guys have been... Uh, going through some real shit lately. Um, the building is being torn apart. No new guests are allowed in. Um, Let me tell you something. If Patty Smith came to my house and wanted to sing, I'd be pretty pissed off too. Well, <laughs> let's You're not get, a get fan, into huh? Patty Smith. It, it would be bite.
4: great if we had invited her to to come to our house. Whatever. But, uh, she made three good she, records thirty years ago. Yeah, she wanted to come as a kind of a liberator and you know and save us. From, right. You know, from these developers, but she appeared to be working for them. So. Yeah,
1: she played for the developer, yeah. the architects, and all their rich friends who are trying to get people like you out. She is one confused exactly. kitten,
3: not Patty Smith.
1: I had I had a theory that I shared with um, Cheryl Tippins. Um, Who's writing a history of the Chelsea Hotel? I think she has the Jersey girl inferiority thing, which I feel I can speak to because I am a Jersey girl. Yeah, she's but are not from, you're from like fucking Camden or something, right? Yeah, you know, whatever. You get to, you're like the, the from the state that is a joke, and you get a That's little. It's the murder defensive. capital of the world, Camden. Yeah, I
3: guess there's got to be some pride there. We are yeah. number one. <laughs> but I yeah, think we'll she I think
1: she's wanted to be like um, <laughs> you know she's written for Vogue and stuff. I think she's one of these these like punks who Patty. Yeah. She won the National Fucking Book Award. Her
3: book was great. Okay, I have not read it, and I swear... What did you think of her book, Ed? Well, I, I read
4: one chapter of it, and I thought that was pretty good. I read an e- the excerpt that was in Rolling Stones. I, I
0: thought it wasn't bad.
4: I
1: really, yeah. I loved the book. Did you read it, Kevin? No,
0: I didn't. No, I have not read the book. You
1: know
3: what? More people have told me to read that fucking book than have asked me to join LinkedIn, and my reaction is pretty much the same. I want to break the fucking books. <laughs> <laughs> well... I think it's a <laughs> gimme, you know. I'm sorry, I'm cynical about Patty. I mean, I was a bi- I was a total, total, total fan. Um, Easter Great record, um, and the record before that, horses, um, you know, f- fantastic records, and that's pretty much what her reputation lies on. But you it know, doesn't mean of, that she's her like this sucks. art yes, darling and this darling of the Bohemia, and it just seems she's such a darling. You know, when I say I don't like the Beatles, people, you know, freak out and they get violent with me. But when I say I don't like Patty Smith, it's like they throw fucking molotovs to my windows. It's like she is the ultimate sacred cow in rock and roll. I disagree.
1: Mm-hmm. I wasn't like a huge fan, but loved the book. Um, and I think I think you can't really critique a book until you've read it. I, that I'm was I'm not that's what I said.
3: First thing I said is I haven't read it, so I'm not speaking that. I just I'm very cynical about Patty and this whole kerfuffle. To use your favorite word, Miss
1: McGuire, I love that word. <laughs> <think> kerfuffle is <laughs> an
3: excellent word. Yeah, a lot, um, of, a lot of people think it's an over-romanticized
4: account of that of that era. You know, that's, that's okay. That's, that's that's the kind of criticisms that I've got from around the hotel of people who, who really lived there and, and knew her at the time.
1: And that's okay. But, yeah, that's okay with me. Too. I'm the I, only I one who read the damn book there. here. <laughs> so I will... You know, anyway
3: I think the whole thing is over romanticized And this is part, part of my problem with You know, I mean, the Chelsea Hotel is, is Yeah, it's a house full of ghosts um, I mean, do we really need Like you were saying before um, Herbert Hunky's room Oh, they're going to destroy The guy was a junkie and a thief And they're going to destroy his room Should it be held up as some sort well, of they, shrine? Well, it's not
4: It's not only his room I mean, it's Thomas Wolfe's room Arthur Miller's room Madonna's William room William room Yeah, Madonna's room Oh, yeah, really? I mean, so the, what am I supposed list, to do with all these rooms? The list rooms? goes on and on well, you know that's a part of the Chelsea Hotel that's so great is you can go there and get inspiration because you're you know you're staying in the same room as Bob Dylan or you're staying in the same room as Dylan Thomas or or, or whoever you know I mean the list goes on and on and that's you, you know that's what these new developers don't seem to understand is that you you can't just cut it up into, into cookie cutter boxes and then have the same authenticity as before it's just going to be like you know like a theme. Hotel or something like that. Yeah,
3: it's kind of I mean, like that now. It's
4: kind of like Disneyland for junky romance. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that. I would say that you know it, it it was very authentic until you know the past few years. I mean, it, you know, it's it's not. It wasn't as run down and torn up as people make it out to be. It was just that you know they they preserved. You know, the the moldings and the old doors and the mm-hmm. old fixtures and stuff, instead of just tearing them down and, and throwing them out, like is, what they're, is what, they did. what they're doing right now. So you've been and, there I mean, about 15 and, years and, now, right? And, you know, and, and, the, and I mean, the the art was literally on the walls, you know, of the people who had lived there over the years, so it was like a living historical document. Of of the past, I mean that was what made it so grand and and beautiful. And you know they they took that art and threw it in the back of a, of a rental van and carted it off to God knows where. I mean some of it actually belonged to people.
1: Yeah, like the Larry Rivers piece, his people are fighting. Yeah, there. they're
4: fighting for that. I mean Larry Phil, Rivers, Phil, the child molester, Phil, that Larry Rivers. Ph- Philip Taft had a piece up on the wall. Joe <laughs> Ando, I mean donald bachelor these you know these are well-known artists and their work you know their works worth in the hundreds of thousands of dollars and they had just loaned it to the hotel and you know now they you know they, they carted S-O-L. it off really? yeah and i didn't, mean
1: weren't you assaulted by workers there
4: i was assaulted by workers they you know they my my friend arthur nash was leading a tour of of union reps through the building <clears throat> Excuse me.
1: Because they're using non-union workers. Because
4: they're using non-union workers. They're using illegal aliens and ex-cons and people like that, you know, making as little as $8 an hour. And uh, so, you know, and and the place was filled with asbestos and lead, dust. And so my friend Arthur was leading a tour. And, uh, you know, the, the, the non-union foreman, he decided that he didn't like that. And, you know, so he kind of sicked his workers on on Arthur. And this was, like, in, in the building itself, and, you know, they assaulted Arthur in the building. And then so he had to flee the building, and, uh, you know, that was where I came into it. And, you know, when, when he came out the building, I, I was with him at the time, and they basically chased him all the way down to 7th Avenue, where they, you know, I, then I got in the middle of it, and they assaulted both of us, like, right out in the middle of 7th Avenue with, you know, car, with traffic held up. At the
1: time. I can't approve of that gentrification, I don't
3: approve of that either. And these are the evil... I mean, this is like, you know, shame. The evil railroaders versus the homesteaders uh, with Jack Palance coming in and destroying the art and chasing you down 7th Avenue. No, I'm not with that. What I do question, though, is this blind reverence for the past um, and this complete resistance to change that I I often hear, not just the, just the Chelsea, but... You know, CBGBs, and we we're talking about that before. Um, people were so sad to see CBGBs go, including me. I loved it there. I well, playing Well, it's
1: like a there. piece of your youth but, disappears, and New York changes. It so
3: you like better than better? Are you that? kidding me? <laughs> <that? laughs> All I need is a five hundred dollars fucking. See, that's, the, that's,
4: and, that's but, the rule: is that is that if they destroy something, well, they're always going to put something worse in its place.
3: Well, that shouldn't be the case. And Unfortunately, developers case have shitty taste because well, and the bottom line is money. No,
4: yeah, they, they know that if they put something nice then there'll be people 10 years from now who say well you can't tear that down but the bottom
3: line has always been money in new york city that but hasn't changed in the 60s of and the 50s and the turn of the century and i don't like where it's going now either because people have bad fucking taste you know i don't dig you know where cbgb is and what's even more onerous if you walk down bowery lately a couple blocks down there's some restaurant's called dbgb and yeah. sort of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah,
1: daniel blues it's
3: like it's like AirSats, like like appropriation of the logo type to try to give the bowery some authenticity next to you american apparel and, and whatever and, uh, the fuck is over there 7 uh, is there now too jesus that's Seven Eleven pisses me off more than anything uh. there's one on my fucking corner if i wanted to live next to a truck stop i'd drive a fucking truck you know it, <laughs> no i, that I piss I, you off more than kmart th- that pisses me off more than a lot of things like Seven Eleven pisses me off more than the closing of the mars bar
1: i don't care that the mars bar closed ah. i know uh, ah. you, hate,
0: yep. Yep. Go. you hated the mars bar why
1: I always felt like I was going to get herpes in there. Not, like, not, That's part
0: of the appeal.
1: Okay, you know what? When, once I turned 30, I needed to be able to urinate in the bar that I was going to oh, drink well. in. Okay. And there's no going to the bathroom in the Mars bar. I know people who had sex in the Mars bar bathroom. And i uh, that actually grosses me out more than anything else. The concept but, of having
3: sex in the Mars Bar bathroom?
1: But, like, I didn't even like drinking from the glasses there. I coming coming
4: from the author of How Not to Date, just, that just is go, yeah, just go, harsh. just go there and spend about 15 minutes. That's that's what it's good for. The it's alcohol like, killed the germs. You know, <laughs> Let's spend just, many nights you're there. You're just slumming in this ex- extreme, like, low-life culture or whatever. Well, you know... And that's kind of fun, and too. And the same
3: can be said about so many of these other places that, you know, we, we hold in all this reverence. I thought the Mars Bar was the last great, real punk rock dive in New York. On the same hand, it was a filth pit. And the ratio of times have been there to the time. I've seen fights break out there is exactly one to one. I figure this out. I mean, it was that kind of
1: place. Yeah. I mean, well, what, it was horrifying, and thing, yet I loved it.
3: And yet I don't miss it at all.
1: One thing we should point out is our friend Richard Manitoba. It's Manitoba's 15 year anniversary today of the bar. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yay! So, so good does come.
3: Good things do come to the East Village. Yeah, see, things can change and be good, yeah. we got some good memories of the Chelsea Hotel. You were telling me before about these crazy parties. Well, yeah,
0: I mean, it was a place to go if you wanted to, you know, if your apartment was small, you'd get some people together, and then you'd have a party in one of the rooms. It was, you know, I'm I'm sure you don't like (laughs) hearing about that, but you'd have, like, a a hundred people show up, and, you know, everyone would ship in for the, the, you know, for the overnight rent, and then... uh, There'd be like a circus train of people coming <laughs> through the lobby, and they'd let them go they'd say well, where are you going three o nine and phew, yeah, dozens pretty- and dozens of people could party in there was-
4: that was part of it, yeah, I mean besides the, pre- the you know the permanent residents, there's also the transient residents who just came yeah and, and rent, rented a space and that you know that was all due to Stanley Bard, you know who was the proprietor for for fifty years uh-huh. and it's you know it's a shame i mean poor poor stanley's He's sick now so I you know I don't know what's happening with him but uh, you know, it was a shame that his son wasn't allowed to, to you know come back in charge of the hotel which is what he'd planned all along and then he would, you know he obviously would have continued it in the same vein Mm-hmm.
1: But so, yeah. many, so many like that, the Gramercy Park Hotel was always a favorite of mine because we would, I would, I've interviewed so many fun musicians there like Mojo Nixon, Shane McGowan. It used to be the place for musicians to go, and they had a great right. little bar. And now I, don't, I probably can't even afford to drink there. But I, I'm sure if I had to pee, it would be a delightful experience. <laughs> <laughs> On that
3: note, why don't we take a quick break?
1: With uh, Rufus Wainwright doing a cover of the Leonard Cohen Shoot. hit about getting a uh, beach from uh, Janis Joplin.
2: Yes. Rufus Wainwright does a
4: wonderful job of it.
1: I remember
2: you well at the Chelsea Hotel. You were talking so brave and so sweet Giving me head on the unmade bed while the limousines waited. Street. Those were the reasons. That was New York. We were running for the money and the flesh. That was good. Cool.
1: I love that version, even yeah. more than the Leonard Cohen version. Yeah.
3: Welcome to the Heroin Hotel.
1: I know, I was telling these guys <laughs> uh, during the break that I tried to find a peppy Chelsea Hotel song, and there's really not one.
3: You know, there, that I mean, the place has an aura of smack around it. I mean, that's that's kind of unfortunate. It's the kind of yeah. thing, though, that I don't know how romantic, you know, all this junky love is. And this is coming from a guy, you know, me, loves William Burroughs and loves many of the people who live there. Um yeah, it's only my own personal r- experience with heroin is very limited for a good goddamn reason. <laughs>
4: it's only only romantic in theory, and that's like kind of, kind of in my book. I get into that too. That you know, like junkies shot up in my bathroom in in the '90s, and you know, I had there's like a whole story about how I tried to keep them out by changing the lock, and you know, they would come they they come in late at night, and they they would actually bust the lock off the door so that you know, oh. like I had you know, so like almost daily or or at least weekly, you know, I had to go downstairs to the desk and try to get them to put a new lock on the door. Well, this begs the question, why would you want to live in such a place? (laughs) Yeah, it's better in theory than in practice sometimes. I mean, it's like, you know, everything has you know, has, has its downside. And then, I, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm exaggerating it in a, in a way, you know, too, for, for, for like comic effect in my book. But yeah, there, there, there were some problems. I'll, I'll, you, you know, there, there were also prostitutes who came and lived in, in the room next to us. And, you know, while that sounds good in theory,
1: they, <laughs> Not really. they, they, they,
4: they, shared, they shared my bathroom and they, you know, they had a habit of hanging their underwear all around the bathroom. And and since there were, you know, since there were four of them in there, like the other three would hang out in the bathroom while the one, you know, ser- uh, serviced it, to John. So, you know. And, and you shared this bathroom? I did share this bathroom. You never a dull moment over at the. But they, they, they only came once in a while. Like they, you know, they, they you know, like flitted flit flit around to different rooms in the hotel so as to give, you know, people a break. A break you know, yeah, yeah. Well, that was, that
1: was conscientious so so what is what is it like living there do you have a an apartment do you still share a bathroom i mean we
4: we do still share a bathroom my, my wife and i live in live in a room that's about 220 square feet uh-huh. and we share a bathroom with now one other room there were there were at one time four rooms wow that, that were on the bathroom and it's it's herbert hunky's bathroom by the way his his old bathroom. He died in 1995, which was like the year before we moved. To, you know, up to up to. Oh, our so room. you
1: never, I you never met him. I you knew
3: you knew Herbert Hunky.
4: Yeah, I, no, I, I used never to did. um,
1: I used to edit him at High Times. He would write for us sometimes, and he was like. I know he was a junkie, but he was like a charming old dude. He would always put, you know, you always knew at the end of the conversation he would be asking you for money.
3: The touch. (laughs) But he was so good
1: at putting on the touch that, like, you were like, okay, you know what? This conversation was worth $5, even though I'm only making (laughs) $20,000. You know, it, it was. he was just a wealth of history and just so charming and really just a great talker. I mean, just such a good... Well,
3: there's been no shortage of charming junkies. I mean, the, the vast majority of them are quite the opposite. <laughs> but um, the, the ones we celebrate are certainly charming, William Burroughs. And as I was saying earlier today in our, in our pre-show prep, and yes, folks, we actually do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I think, you know, the Rolling Storms started to suck after Keith Richards cleaned up. I mean, that was sort of the demarcation line. I mean,
1: is Keith Richards really it cleaned up? <laughs> yeah. I mean, is he really cleaned up? He, maybe he doesn't shoot smack anymore, but he's still a drunk.
3: Well, if that's, that's the yardstick by which I'm measuring this. This. Well, once a junkie, always a junkie, Judy. Yeah, they 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 always clean up. Yeah, they
4: always say they're cleaned up. They're, they're never at present a junkie. Yeah,
1: they're always yeah. ex-junkies. Well, no, ex-junkie,
3: Keith's junkie, off yeah. the spike, but incredibly well preserved for a guy who's lived like he has.
1: But I mean, all these guys—they live forever. These junkies. Herbert Honky was really old. Burroughs was really old. If they, if you, if you're like, if you have enough money, you can live to be really well you know junkie. Keith
3: Richards secret was do good junk don't do bad drugs you know he stayed off the street drugs and bought but when you're in the Rolling Stones you get to do that
1: yeah you have shoppers Sid
3: Vicious, not so much yeah, God, there's, God, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a little Chelsea Hotel story that didn't end so well the Sid Vicious story,
1: yeah,
3: yeah. They,
4: I, I, lived there when they, when they, when like punks and and goth kids used to come by and you know burn candles outside outside <laughs> Sid's old door and you know carve their initials in his door. And but didn't stuff.
1: they didn't they um, combine the room or break it up somehow so it wouldn't be the same room that she died in?
4: Yeah, the, yeah, they did. They did at one point. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they changed and they changed the number. Right. So they, you know, they spread it around between you know two two different
3: rooms. So have you actually ever seen a ghost? I was Which just Asked oh.
1: that? Ooh.
3: No, I have not. We're like Fox and Mulder over here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen one? I bet there's tons. I've seen ghosts before, really? but you know, I
4: saw a... Patty in there once, and she was kind of ghost. <laughs> Same so this, this was when she came back to the hotel in in the '90s after you know she after her husband died. Right. And I saw her like really late, and you know, and at like three o'clock in the morning or something, just kind of flitting down the stairs, you know, looking at art and such, and. You, know, that was about you ever see awesome my career thing. in there? Because that's ghost. kind of
3: like a ghost, too. Oh, stop.
1: <laughs> You're co host of the Mike and Judy show. What more do you want? <laughs> <laughs> it's like being Regis.
3: Wow, it's being regis. <laughs>
1: that means I get to be that perky <laughs> Kelly Ripa. I'll,
3: I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you what I do miss in the landscape of New York. I miss doing Screw magazine. Uh, I know, right? Don't
1: you miss doing Screw? And now we
3: have the
0: Republican primary. This is, now. This is like- oh, yeah, this is
3: your time. There's gold uh, in those I darn know. hills. I know. You know, you'd be bending them over and fucking the Santorum <laughs> frothy mix. I'm still trying to make "Hey Rick, suck my dick" hashtag. Hey Rick, suck my dick trend on Twitter. So please get with me. That's that's go former, for it. That's the former. Lobbyist for the WWF Now WWE Rick Santorum Who was uh, He ta- was? Yeah he worked for the WWE um, One of their lawyers Out there in PA Whatever it's, you know So you think it's going to be Mitt
0: and Obama?
3: Do I think it's going to be No
1: Mi- way are they going to let A Mormon win the, the primary Have you
3: seen his play The Book of Mormon? It's offensive <laughs> But I think most Americans Would agree I think that's the card You got to play If Mitt Romney <laughs> becomes, becomes the candidate They got to start showing people That Book of Mormon shit Because you know It's pretty, pretty wacky uh, well it's, he's more wacky it.
0: than most religions. I'm yeah, talking was... about the play. Oh the play. Okay. <laughs> I, I, the
3: I just blame yeah. it on him.
0: Blame it on him. <laughs> so, so Ed, what are the plans for the hotel that the what, what they what do they want to do with it? Well, I think they want, they still
4: want to turn it into a kind of uh, boutique hotel, like, boutique hotel like a theme hotel. Right. And now they're t- like they've got these this new group called King and Grove, you know, which is all Ed Sheets's group. Who are coming in and i think they want to like continue you know the the artsy theme or whatever they were oh, they yeah. were the ones that, that i guess that got uh patty smith to to play yeah, at the I chelsea and so I, I mean they're they're you know they've got a they've got a guy called gene kaufman who's the architect and he you know his He's famous for being the architect of, of holiday Inns and places like that. So, so he's really you know, tasteful and has great. Time. So they're going to yeah, put in like, like million
0: dollar con, five million dollar condo. Holiday Inn was there. good enough I, for Led Zeppelin. It's still too,
4: too, still too early to see. That's I mean, what they, they did with the Gramercy. Like they, yeah. like I, I've, I've seen what they've done. Like, they, like first they, they, you know, they gutted all the interior right. walls that they could get their hands on, and they've started to, to rebuild with like just putting up like this. You know, this tacky, you know, metal stuff, which I guess they're going to hang sheetrock on and make, you know, really thin walls. And, you, you know, I, I still like I every once in a while I can catch a glimpse in this one in this one wing that they're doing like that. So as far, far as an architectural point of view, I guess that's what they're going to do. But uh-huh. they're, tr- they're trying to evict all of us. They've got 30 tenants in court right now. Are you in and, court? Uh, yeah, I'm in court right now.
1: Yeah, I, I had to I had to fight with my landlady, too. Did you see the um, Lost Bohemia, that movie about uh, the Carnegie Towers? Where I, they I didn't
4: the- I didn't see that, but I, re- I remember the issue. Yeah, they finally got them all out, didn't they?
1: And they turned it into a cubicle farm.
3: Which, oh, which, which is the crime. But also, I got to say in here, I know you hate it when I remind everybody of this. Those people that did not get thrown out in the street. They were put into fabulous luxury apartments. But on you're Central
1: evicting Park. a 99-year-old woman. Like that... Just let her die
3: there. How long is she going to live? You know, I look, I don't disagree on one level. On the other level, you know, things are going to change and developers are going are gonna to come in and they're not all played by Jack Palance. But that's. Well, was... so let, let me ask you this Is it possible to develop New York without us, liberal punk rockers that we are, hating every fucking inch of it? I mean, yes. it's, it's as one example.
1: Nobody's chosen to do it yet.
3: I, I think they did a great job with MoMA, it's the last good thing I saw. Don in New York. And boy, remember how terrified they're going to fuck it up? you know? And, uh, yeah, they did a nice they job They did a fucking yeah. good job on it, man. They fucking yeah. nailed it, if you ask me. Right. I-, I love the new MoMA. Mm. And that was like everybody, no, we're going to lose your moment! you know. But they made more space. They kept the right signature riff of the helicopter when you walk in. They somehow managed to... You know, postmodern architecture is not something I'm necessarily fond of. You know, on a bad day, give me a roll of tinfoil and I can do Frank Geary for you just fine. But I think with MoMA, they really figured out how to put a glass building in an old neighborhood and have it like really capture both the neighborhood and the spirit of the art in- inside. Unfortunately, that's a fucking rarity.
0: Oh, yeah and it's the museum itself doing it i mean it's you know it's you yeah, know i mean i would love to they see the they got them. money they I didn't mean, do it yeah, the cheap way I, I, right. which is
1: what way, the way most new housing is built in new york it's it's right. built for shit my friend just bought a condo it's leaking already it's
0: i hear that all the time that those new boxes going on. oh up. man they're, they're well, terrible that's,
1: that's
3: yeah. always the fucking case i mean contracting and construction's got to be the most corrupt business in the United States of America. You know, and cutting corners and paying off regulators and licensors. I mean, that's I mean, my understanding is that's why that BP oil rig fell apart is because, you know, they they set it up and they're not checking things and they're moving in there before the cement dries. You know how long it takes for cement to dry? Like a month. 50 years. Like a the month. Regulator, yeah. the
4: regulators are corrupt too. I mean, if you you know From if you try to, try to get the DLB or the HPD or, or or any anybody like that involved, I mean, you know, it's just like pull, like pulling teeth. I mean, you know, they'll come and inspect the building, and and you know, if they if they don't find something, then you like know, they go away. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, like a, yeah, like a like a body. I mean, it's just we it's, had, it's impossible uh, to get them to enforce the laws, and even when they do, you know, they. It's, it's just for a like day. A they'll put a stop work or something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's much it's yeah. much
1: more financially lucrative to hire somebody shitty and, and uh, non union to do yeah. it and just keep paying the fines. And you know there was a, they were building a condo next to me, which had to go rental because there's no uh, there weren't enough rich people to fill it, and they almost took down our building, dist- destroying the building next door in the process because this woman Marie Grasso has about a million complaints against her and. Um, yet she's still allowed to keep practicing with the DOB's blessing in New York. Yeah,
4: what what you have to have is like some somebody, like a couple of people who are just really dedicated and devote their whole lives, you know, to you know to preser- preserving your building or whatever. That's it. That's the only way that anybody has any success. And luckily, we we have that. We have a few people, like maybe five people, who are really dedicated to the struggle in the Chelsea Hotel, and you know, just devote a lot of time to it.
3: So where do you think uh, you're going to be a year from now,
4: Ed? Well, that's that's hard to say. I mean, I I I don't think that they're going to be evict, be able to evict as many people as they think they are through through the courts and I think they're going to have to buy people out. I mean, it depends on what on what they're allowed to do. They're going to have to they're, they they know they're going to have to to go forward really quick, you know, in order to, you know, make a profit on their investment or whatever. So, I think they're going to have to be have to try to be buying people out. They're they're not going to get me out easily i can tell you that right now and there's several people like us and you know and we're not going to go along you know with with their plans you know to turn it into a boutique hotel so you, you, you know they'll they'll have to get rid of me through the courts and and they got they've got me in court on the 27th so you know maybe they'll succeed i i don't think they will unless they you know is it expensive to live at the chelsea hotel it, you know in terms of rent well my my rent's 1100 a month you know i i i mean that's not that inexpensive you no, know no but no but because i not for a char- i've, I've, shared I've bed. got an SRO room right. yeah i mean how much how much are you going to expect to pay for that but you know that i mean of course they want to jack it up and and want me to charge you know, want to charge me more and you know that's 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 what it's over now you know they they gave me an illegal overcharge and so now they're claiming i owe money so
3: yeah they do play dirty There is nothing more ugly In the history of New York City Than tenant landlord litigation Ugh. That is fucking ugly business man I have a really mean lawyer That's good Jew? <laughs> a Jew?
1: Uh, it, I don't know
3: Get one <laughs> <laughs> Okay Check I will check Hey it's not Bernstein Weiss
1: Goralnik Karolnik.
3: Yeah, it could be Jewish. Okay. could be Jewish. Mean. Yeah, you need a fucking pit bull, man, because they will come at you with guns blazing loaded for fucking bear. It is the fucking worst that LMT litigation.
1: Well, I mean, we're going to go now, and hopefully Ed will keep his room at the Chelsea okay. Hotel. Okay, occupy
3: yeah. the Chelsea Hotel.
1: And we're going to leave <laughs> with a...
3: Another well, happy song. Another
1: happy <laughs> song. <laughs> song about the Chelsea Hotel.
3: All right, once again, it's the Mike and Judy show from Roberto' here in Bushwick in on Bushwick the Heritage Radio House. Network in Bushwick, where the rents are not eleven hundred dollars a month. Thank you guys, thank uh-huh. you, Ed, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Judy. This is Mike Edison. See you guys later. Thank,
2: thank you. Bye. for you wonder if she can